Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number four of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Rangers playing a big game in the Garden tonight, big, big game against the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres, a team that is just white hot to start the season here. They are 8-1-1. That is the best record in the NHL through their first 10 games. Rangers, obviously, falling on some hard times after a good start to the season, now sitting at 2-4-1, five straight losses. The most recent loss, of course, came in overtime against the Arizona Coyotes, so you do salvage a point for that. But for all intents and purposes, Rangers enter on a five-game losing streak, and the way I see it, they enter this game with a tremendous opportunity because the Sabres really firing on all cylinders right now. If the Rangers can somehow find a way to knock off this team that's you know at the top of the league right now, it could really bode well going forward. It could be a real confidence booster. It could kind of get them back on track a little bit. Rangers have already announced that Henrik Lundqvist will be between the pipes tonight. As is the case for most of the players in the Rangers, it's a big game for Lundqvist. It's the Rangers' eighth game. Lundqvist will be making his fifth start. And thus far, uh, he started the season 1-3 with a 3.57 goals against average and a 9.06 save percentage. He had the 6-4 opening night victory against the Jets, but he's gone winless in his last three. I still think it's too early and certainly too small of a sample size to hit the panic button when it comes to Lundqvist. I'm not going to freak out just because he has a subpar goals against average and save percentage through four games here. But, you know, as has been the case with, with the Rangers, you know, as a whole, he's just been inconsistent to start the season because there have certainly, certainly been a few goals that he would like to have back. But by that same token, he's made some really nice saves so far this season, and he, he's bailed them out a couple of times. So big test for him tonight. He faces a Sabres team that is averaging nearly four goals a game. They have 38 goals through their first 10 games. But in fairness, the one thing I do have to say about Lundqvist is that he's yet to have that one game this season where he really just, you know, stands on his head and closes the door and pretty much just tells his team, you know what, I got this one tonight. He's yet to have that vintage, dominant King Henrik performance so far this season. And like we were talking about, you know, in previous episodes, Henrik is 37 years old right now. And, you know, you can't expect him to stand on his head night in and night out like he did in his prime. But I still think he's capable of doing it at least from time to time. And really, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a successful team in this league and be a playoff team, you're gonna need your goalie to do that. You know, at least on occasion. And you know, who knows? I mean, it's a big time test tonight against the Sabers team that's, that's scoring a lot of goals. But maybe tonight's the night. Maybe tonight Lundqvist can get it going and just kind of take control of the game and, and give the Rangers, you know, the spark they need here. This really is going to be a tough one tonight, though. I mean, the Sabers they've they've won their last three games in addition to their NHL best record. They've won their last three games from least recent to most recent over that stretch. The Sabres shut out the Kings 3-0 in Los Angeles last Thursday. They took down the Sharks 4-3 in San Jose last Saturday. And now, and then they came home on Tuesday to once again beat the Sharks, this time 4-3 in overtime. Jack Eichel scoring the game-winning goal in that one. And speaking of Eichel, he's been absolutely phenomenal to start the season. Should probably come as no surprise to anyone that's watched him over the last few years. He's one of the, the true budding superstars in this league. But already this season with six goals and eight assists through the first 10 games, he's centering a top line that includes Victor Olofsson and Sam Reiner on the wings. And that line is just absolutely humming right now. Olofsson already with six goals and three assists. Reinhardt with four goals and four assists. But it's not just the superstars on this team. I mean, the Sabres have been getting goals up and down their lineup. They have seven players who have seven or more points this season. Think about that. Seven players with seven or more points through just 10 games. You got Eichel, you got Olofsson, you got Reinhardt, you got Rasmus Dahlin, you've got Jeff Skinner, Marcus Johansson, and yes, Casey Middlestat. They all have at least seven points. When Casey Middlestat, who predominantly centers the fourth line, already has three goals and four helpers through 10 games, I, th- I think you know your, your season's off to a pretty good start there. 
And yes, Middlestat was a first-round pick by the Sabres going eighth overall in 2017, but really didn't do a whole lot of anything. Last year was his first taste of significant NHL action. He skated in 77 games, just 12 goals and 13 assists. And a team that was already looking very good to start the season might now, in addition to everything else that's gone right for them, they might now be getting a breakout season from, you know, one of their young prospects. As of this recording, the Sabres have not yet made a formal announcement about who's going to start in goal for them tonight. If that changes before this episode concludes, I will obviously update everyone. But they can't really go wrong either way. Carter Hutton and Linus Olmark both off to strong starts to the season. It's a little bit of a timeshare there, although Hutton seems to be getting a little bit more, a little bit more of the lion's share of the starts. Hutton has been tough. Two shutouts in his last three games and a 1.65 goals against average overall. He really struggled in his first year with the Sabres last year, you know, going posting a goals against average of three, three right on the dot in the in the 50 games that he played. But just like the Sabres team as a whole, you know, it really seems like Hutton has kind of righted the ship. And, and like I said, he's off to a great start this season. And as for the Rangers, you know, offensive fireworks kind of been few and far between through this team, through the five-game losing streak. Tony D'Angelo had a huge end against the Coyotes, his former team scoring both of the Rangers' goals. So that's been fun to see D'Angelo, still a very young player, still just 23 years old. He's continuing to develop, and it's nice to see him, you know, a defenseman getting involved on the attack a little bit. But for the most part, Rangers scoring goals has really been an issue. Just nine goals during this five-game losing streak, and the Blue Shirts have shuffled the deck a little bit. They've changed up their lines. We're going to get into that in just a minute. So like I said, in just a minute here, we're going to talk about, you know, the Rangers' new look line combinations and, and just kind of break down, you know, how that's going to play out tonight. But one thing I want to talk about real quick, it's it's something the Rangers absolutely must do if they're going to have any chance of winning this game tonight and breaking the losing streak. They must stay out of the penalty box. This has been an epidemic through the first couple, the, really the more recent games. They're taking penalties early in games, and they're just getting behind the eight ball before they even really have a chance to kind of take flight and get the game going the way they want to, want to get it going. And you look at the Sabres, again, we talked about this earlier, no shortage of playmakers, no shortage of firepower. They have been excellent. They're scoring goals at just a torrid pace, and their power play ranks fourth in the league right now. They have been successful on 30.8% of their power plays. This is not the kind of team that you need to be giving extra opportunities to. They're going to create enough opportunities on their own at even strength. So the Rangers really, they have to stay out of the penalty box because anytime, you, anytime you're a man down, obviously, you know, the other team has a chance. But with, with a team like this, they are almost certain to score. If this is one of those nights where the Rangers are taken you know, three, four, five, six penalties, it's not going to end well for the Blue Shirts. Now, the Rangers against the Coyotes on Tuesday, there was some good news and some bad news as it pertains to taking penalties. The bad news, of course, is that they gave the Coyotes five power play opportunities. That's too many for one game. The good news, the penalty kill looked pretty good, and they killed off four out of those five opportunities that the Coyotes had. But if they give the Sabres five opportunities, it's very... I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's not likely that they're going get, to get out of it unscathed because, like I said, there's just too much firepower on this team, and the power play for the Sabres has looked really good so far, and if you're playing back on your heels and you're giving them opportunities early in the game, it is not going to end well. The Sabres will find a way to light the lamp on the man advantage. All right, so as promised, let's go ahead and dive into these line changes a little bit, see how you know the Rangers are going to line up tonight. 
At practice on Wednesday, the Rangers, that's when they really started to shake up the lines. Capo Caco is now skating on sort of a retooled top line. He's, he's going to be alongside Mika Zibanejad, who, who stays on the top line, and Chris Kreider, who's moved around a little bit between the second line and the first line to start the season. So that'll be the top line tonight. And with that move, Artemi Panarin is going to slide down to the second line. He'll be with Ryan Strom, who will be at center, and Pavel Buchnevich, who will be at right wing. So Buchnevich, really, he's been all over the place to start the season. Started on the first line with Zibanejad and Panarin. They played pretty well, especially in those first two games, the two Ranger wins. And then he moved down to the third line to make room for a little while for Kreider and also Jesper Foss a little bit on the uh, on the first line there. So Buchnevich has gone from the first line to the third line. He's now on the second line. He's reunited with Panarin. And like I said, you know, they they flashed some nice chemistry early in the season. So that could be positive for, for Buchnevich, kind of try to get him going a little bit. One goal and four assists so far for him. So not bad, but, you know, trying to get a little bit more out of Pavel Buchnevich. So Buchnevich and Panarin will be joined by Ryan Strom. Now, Strom doesn't have any goals yet this season, but he does have four assists. He seems to be a really good passer. He's put it right on a tee for some guys a couple times this season. The last game against D'Angelo, I mean, he, he just set him up beautifully in deep. And, you know, that could be the kind of thing that gets Puchnevich going a little bit. You know, Puchnevich has a great shot. So if, if, if Strom can get the puck to him in the right spot, you know, it, it could be just the, the thing that can get Buchnevich going a little bit. And then, of course, Panarin, I mean, he can create on his own. He can do his own thing. He can score from anywhere on the ice. But, again, you get somebody like Strom, who has shown himself to be a very good facilitator. And, you know, Panarin, he might, he might get a jump from this as well. And, again, you know, I understand the need for a shakeup when your team is on a five-game losing streak and clearly struggling to score goals, and there's a lot of forwards that are underperforming right now. The one thing I don't like about this shakeup is you have now split up Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. And one of the one of the only things that really has gone right for the Rangers this season is Panarin and Zibanejad just gelling immediately. I mean, just such good chemistry right off the bat. Zibanejad was, had assisted on practically all of Panarin's goals to start the season. Those two were just in lockstep. Very exciting top line, and, you know— the the top line kind of had a revolving door at right wing for a while. They were joined for a while by Buchnevich to start the season, and then and then Jesper Foss briefly, and then also Chris Kreider. But now, you know, one of the only positives this season, and you're you're taking that away now because now Zabanajad is on the top line, Panarin's on the second line, and they've been split up. I mean, they could still be out there together on the power play, you know, depending how you want to roll out those lines. But you know, these two guys clearly the most skilled forwards that the Rangers have and you're moving them to two separate lines and taking them away from each other. The positive spin I can put on that is, as I just said, they're the two most skilled players on the Rangers, right? So now, four different forwards get the opportunity to play out on line with at least one of those two guys, at least Zibanejad or Panarin, whereas if they're on the same line together, you know, only one other guy can join them, one other forward can join them. So now you split them up, and they're on two separate lines, and four different Ranger forwards will get the opportunity to play with at least one of those guys, and maybe that's kind of the spark that some of these guys need to get going. They need to be out there with a Panarin or a Zibanejad, you know, somebody, a really skilled player who can make things happen. So yeah, it is tough to see Zibanejad and Panarin get broken apart from each other, but you know, you got to try something different, right? Five-game losing streak. You can't just keep rolling out the same lines night after night and expecting different results. So I understand why he did it. It's just the fan in me, I'm really just disappointed to see the two of them, you know, broken apart from each other because I was, I was just having so much fun watching them work off of each other, set each other up for goals, and, and basically just shoulder the load for the Rangers, uh, you know, as far as scoring goes here in the early goings. But for now, I'm going to look at this positively 
And, you know, maybe with these changes, maybe something good happens. Maybe Capo Caco, he's on the top line now. Maybe he can get rolling with Zibanejad, you know, feeding him some, some passes. And, you know, maybe Buchnevich gets rolling again now that he's back and reunited with Panarin. And, you know, Kreider's on the top line. Kreider gives you, you know, that veteran presence. He's the guy that's been on the Rangers for forever, it seems like, you know, at least compared to a lot of these other guys. You know, Kreider's still only 28 years old, but it's funny that he's now, like, the grizzled veteran on the team. Such a young team. And it's funny to think that, like, now Kreider's basically, you know, one of the elder statesmen. And for his part, you know, Panarin seemed fine with being moved down to the second line. He basically just said, quote, maybe it's good to change something, end quote. So I think he understands, you know, he's been playing hockey long enough. It, it's not really a demotion going from the first line to the second line. It's more just a way of, you know, let, let's try something different. We got to get a spark here. We got to get, get get the ball rolling a little bit. And, you know, we can't keep just, you know, rolling out the same lines and, and going with the same strategies, you know, when you're in the middle of a five-game losing streak. And I want to talk just a little bit about Capo Caco here. You know, obviously we just mentioned that he's jumped up to the first line, but he's not satisfied with his play so far. And, you know, he only has the one goal and the one assist, but at practice on Wednesday, he was asked, you know, about the Rangers start to the season and his start to the season. And he says, quote, we're not playing good right now as a team and I'm not playing good. And then he was asked, you know, a little bit about the things that he needs to, to hope to do better. And he just said everything. I'm playing bad hockey. Now, he's being tough on himself. Uh, obviously, you know, this is a kid who he's used to having success, right? Everywhere he's gone, he's been, you know, a premier player in the league. That's what leads up to being the second overall pick in the NHL draft. But I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. You shouldn't be either. It's just seven games. You got to remember, he's just 18 years old, all right? Picture yourself playing in the NHL at the age of 18. And not only that, but you're playing for the New York Rangers under the bright lights of New York City, and you were the second overall pick in the draft. Yeah, it's it's not something that's guaranteed to get off to a smooth start. And, you know, it's not like he's been terrible. You know, he, he looks dangerous with the puck, I think, you know, but he's, he's going to continue to get better. This is clearly the best league he's ever played in. He's still getting used to his teammates. He's still getting used to not just the NHL, but how about just living in the United States? You know, I mean, that that there's an adjustment period there. So, you know, he's, he's going through a lot right now. And like I said, just 18 years old, he'll be fine. I, I think, you know, his teammates seem to like him. So, yeah, I mean, he has a lot more on his plate than your typical 18-year-old. So let's just stay patient with him. Let's give him some time. There's usually some growing pains when you've got a player in the league who is this young. And, hey, you know, fingers crossed, maybe this move to the top line is the thing that gets him going a little bit. Maybe he lights the lamp tonight. Maybe we see Capo Caco really take off, and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll point back to this game at some point as, like, the game where Caco truly arrived. You know, who knows? He could have a big night tonight. The line shakeup, probably not a bad thing, you know, and he's going to be out there with Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Great guys to be with. We'll see how, We'll see what kind of effect it has on him. Hopefully, you know, it gets him gets him rolling a little bit and, and gets him to relax a little bit and maybe— you know, stop pressing. Not not even to say that he is necessarily pressing, but, you know, for a player as talented as him and a guy who's used to scoring goals and being on the score sheet and all that good stuff, I think when you get off to a little bit of a slow start, it, there's got to be a little bit of a feeling like, okay, what the heck is going on here? You know, this isn't me. I'm, I'm used to, you know, being, you know, one of the best guys out there. And he indeed will be, you know, one of the best players on the Rangers in due time, but we just got to stay patient with him. We got to go through the growing pains with him a little bit. And, like I said, you know, hopefully this move, hopefully this is just the spark that he needs, and, and we'll see him get on the score sheet tonight. All right, so just a few more thoughts on this game against the Sabres tonight, and then we can wrap things up. I'm not yet ready to call this a must-win game. Again, listen, I know the losses are starting to pile up, but this is just the eighth game of the season. It's still relatively early. And, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do on this podcast, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, whatever the sport, whatever your team is, we all do this. We all tend to have kind of like a knee-jerk reaction. 
you know, if if a team wins or gets on a winning streak, you know, we think it, it's a championship. They're, they're bound to win a championship that season, right? And if they hit a little bit of a rough patch, it's like, oh, this team sucks. They're not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm trying to do here is it's a long season. I'm going to try my best not to get too high after a win or too low after a loss. If the Rangers win a game, if they win this game tonight, it's going to be great. It's going to be a big win for them. I'm going to be really excited about it. You're going to be really excited about it. Great. Perfect. But I'm not going to act like, oh, well, now we're going to go win the Stanley Cup because we beat the Sabres and the Sabres are a great team. And, you know, if they lose tonight, you know, by that same token, the Sabres are a great team. And it's not the end of the world if they lose this game. You do want to you do want to get this losing streak halted before long here. It's five in a row. You don't want it to go to six, seven, you know, and on and on. But again, it, it's not a make or break game tonight. But man, this is a great opportunity for the Rangers it is a big game, and it's not a big game because, like, oh, the Rangers' season is going to end if they don't win the game tonight. Now, that, that's not the case at all. But it's a big game because of what a win could mean for this team. As we were talking about earlier, if you just go by records, you know, the Sabres are the best team in, in hockey right now. And I know it sounds weird saying that out loud because this Buffalo franchise has seemingly been stuck in in, in rebuild mode since the beginning of time. They've missed the playoffs for eight straight seasons. And if you're a little skeptical about just how good the Sabres team is, I understand that. But facts are facts. They're 8-1-1. One, and one. They're, they're firing on all cylinders right now. And this is, regardless of what you think about the, the Sabres, this is a tremendous early season test for the Rangers. So everybody enjoy the game tonight. I've said this before, and I will say it again. The Rangers, since this podcast has launched, have not won a game. This is episode four. We're going to be doing episode five tomorrow. And hopefully, you know, the Rangers... Uh, came away. The next time you hear from me, the Rangers are coming off of a big win. They've taken two points from the Buffalo Sabres, a team that is white hot to start the season, and we'll finally, finally get to talk about a win here on the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. But yeah, I mean, win, lose, or draw, you know, we're, well, win, lose, or overtime loss, I suppose. We're going to be breaking down this game on Friday's episode of the podcast. Obviously, we're going to talk about it in great detail, go period by period, and just, just talk about everything that happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And one thing I've been really meaning to do, I've spent a lot of time talking about the Rangers forwards, and I've been meaning to get to the defense pairings and kind of just, you know, analyze everything that's been going on there, the different combinations that they've used, guys kind of moving up and down from, you know, the first pairing to the second pairing to the third pairing and, and, and all over the place, really. Tr been trying to get to that, was was thinking about doing that today, but given that the Rangers just juggled all their forwards, I thought that that would kind of take precedence. We would talk about, you know, all the, all the new line combinations that the Rangers are rolling out there. But tomorrow, assuming we have time, we'll talk a little bit more about the defensemen because I definitely want to shine some light on those guys, you know, and, and we'll keep an eye on them tonight as well, see how they perform against a team that, like I said, scoring a ton of goals. If the Rangers can hold the Sabres somehow to like two goals or less, then I'm, I'm sure we'll have plenty of good things to say about the defensemen as well as Henrik Lundqvist tomorrow. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how they perform. Like I said, huge test tonight. And sometime soon, we're also going to talk a little bit about the Hartford Wolfpack. That team's off to a great start for the Rangers. Obviously, the Rangers AHL affiliate. They have five wins and just one loss so far. And we're going to break down, you know, not so much what's happened. We're not going to, like, obviously go period by period with the Wolfpack like we do with the Rangers. But we're going to shine some spotlights on some guys who, you know, are playing well and at some point might be caught up to the Rangers. I know there's been some clamoring on social media from you guys. You know, there's certain players that you want called up and you, you want to see what we have with these with these young guns. And we'll talk about that um, possibly on Friday's episode. If not, we'll save it for early next week. But either way, we're going to soon be breaking down, you know, the 
the performance of some of the guys at the Hartford Wolfpack. So that is going to do it for episode four of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. And really, I just want to thank you guys for everybody who's tuned in through the first few episodes here. This is our fourth episode. If you've missed any of the previous episodes, go back, go back in time a little bit. Check those out, episodes one through three. And also, don't hesitate at all to reach out to me. You can shoot me an email, LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. You can shoot me an email there. Send me your questions, your concerns, your comments, your statements, whatever you got. Or if you're a fan of Twitter, shoot me a tweet at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. If you like what you're hearing from this podcast, go ahead and, you know, retweet some of the things that I'm going to be posting on Twitter. Tell your friends about it. Do whatever you got to do. Let's bring some more people in here. Let's let's kind of let the family grow a little bit here. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll see you back here tomorrow, Friday, for episode five of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Thanks again, guys. Take care. I'll see you next time.